Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. There are many ways to enter into an agreement. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Not all agreements are the same. Some agreements are better than others. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible, and the Bible is all about Yeshua the Messiah. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com, find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Illinois and India. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. Red Pill Torah is an outreach of B'nai Ephraim Messianic Ministries and Assembly. Mama, it is so good to be back. We took a little time, and it was amazing. It most definitely was, Daddy. We had a great time together. And I am so grateful to our Heavenly Father for allowing us to celebrate another year of covenant. And to you. For being faithful to your word. That leads us into today's topic. I think about when we were raising the kids and how important it was to us to keep our word to them. When we told them something, they took it to the bank, they deposited it, and fully expected it to be as we said it would be. Yes, they sure did and they still do. Mm-hmm. Children depend on their parents to keep their promises. It teaches them that Jehovah is dependable. Unfortunately, Not all fathers are dependable, and TV shows and the news tend to emphasize those particular people. Seeing or experiencing all of that inconsistency and unreliability, I believe, has caused many people to have negative impressions of fathers in general, and also about our Heavenly Father. The Father, Yehovah, makes it clear that He expects us, particularly the men who follow Him, to keep our word. Mm-hmm. We've been talking a lot about Numbers chapter 30 lately. Verses 1 and 2 say, Moshe spoke to the heads of the tribes of the people of Israel. He said, Here is what Jehovah has ordered. When a man makes a vow to Jehovah or formally obligates himself by swearing an oath, he is not to break his word, but is to do everything he said he would do. Mama, that's as clear as it can be. I agree. In the Bible, we read about binding agreements between people or between Elohim and people. Sometimes they're referred to as covenants. Sometimes they're referred to as testaments. But covenants and testaments are not the same thing. Although those two words are sometimes used interchangeably, you are correct and very beautiful, Mama. Thank you, Daddy. Now let's take a closer look at the differences and why they matter. First, let's talk about a testament. We define a testament as a person's will, especially the part relating to how their personal property is to be handled after they pass away. A testament can also be something that serves as a sign or evidence of some fact. For example, well-behaved children may serve as a testament to the great job done by the parents. An example of a covenant and a testament can be seen in Genesis 15 verse 3. The Hebrew word Yerosh means to take possession of something. It is also translated as an heir or to inherit. In Genesis 15 verse 3, Jehovah had just assured Abram that he was going to be Abram's shield 
and his exceedingly great reward. Abram answered, saying that he had no natural-born Yerash, or heir. Jehovah was making a covenant with Abram, promising to give him protection and wealth. However, Abram was thinking more along the lines of a testament when he answered the Most High by saying he had not a, a Yeresh or an heir to pass down this protection and wealth to. Sometimes we impose our modern definitions onto the Hebrew scriptures, which can result in confusion over the actual meaning. The word testament actually doesn't appear in the Tanakh or the Old Testament. The first time we see the word testament in the King James Version of the Bible is in Matthew chapter 26. There, we read about what is commonly called the Last Supper. Reading from verse 26, As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and brake it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many, for the remission of sins. From time to time, we compare English translations to Shem Tov's Gospel of Matthew, which is written in Hebrew. Let's try a comparison now. Okay. Tim, when we look at the same verse in the Hebrew Matthew, we see the words Brit Chadashah. The Hebrew word Brit is often translated as covenant. It typically implies something to do with cutting. The word Kadash translates as renewed, like the renewed moon as it goes through the lunar cycles. My primary point is that Yeshua referred to a covenant when he spoke of his blood being shed, not a testament. So we uh, defined what a testament is. This type of agreement requires the death of one of the parties for the other party to receive a promised benefit. Mm -hmm. Now, Mama, check me on this point. Now, I would say when a last will and testament is made, the beneficiary simply needs to outlive the person making the testament. The beneficiary has no vote in whether or when she or he will receive the inheritance. The person making the testament, the testator, decides what to give. Am I right on that, Mama? Daddy, I think you're right on that. Your point makes the story of the prodigal son that much more interesting. It's like the prodigal son said to his father, Dad, you're looking a little too healthy these days. You're going to live too long, and I don't want to wait for my inheritance. I need my money now. Why don't you go do the math and cut me a check? Mm. That prodigal son had a lot of nerve. Yeah. And his father had a lot of compassion. By today's standards, most people would support the father if he told the prodigal son to hit the bricks after he came home broke. Now, for our international listeners, hit the bricks is Tim speak for start walking away and don't stop until you can't see me. Most fathers would have a hard time getting past the demand for an early inheritance. Imagine your kids wanting you to die early. That sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, our Heavenly Father is full of mercy, even when we do do or say stupid things. Mm -hmm. Thank Elohim for His goodness. Amen. So, Mama... Now, you know, um, I wonder if conflating the passive role of the Testament's beneficiary helps people to believe that they don't have to do anything when it comes to salvation. You know, just accept Yeshua one time and live as you want and receive all of his goodness with no obligation on your part. That would be like the prodigal son never coming home 
and expecting his father to send him more checks. In the actual story, the prodigal son came home in repentance, acknowledging his great sin. Mm -hmm. That's how he was restored. The prodigal son put himself in a position to receive the father's goodness. And we all need to do exactly that. This is the story that keeps on giving. Again, the concept of a testament falls short in explaining the goodness of our Elohim. Yeah, it does fall pretty short. What we have from Yehovah is covenants. With covenants, neither party has to die for the other party to receive a benefit. We get to enjoy the benefits together. Also, both parties may have responsibilities in a covenant, and both parties must accept the terms of a covenant. Miss, do you know my least favorite misunderstanding that comes from confusing testaments and covenants? Yeah, I think I do, Daddy. I would say it's the names believers use when describing the Bible. We know the Bible as an Old Testament and a New Testament. We have discussed the idea of the Mosaic Covenant being considered old and obsolete. Our listeners need to know that this is false doctrine. Now, let's talk about the word testament being used to describe our Bible. Daddy, did I get that right? Yeah, Mama, you nailed it. Now, some may feel that Yeshua's death makes it easy to think of the word testament being used to describe the Bible. Now, maybe they feel that our Messiah died and left in his will a new covenant. And that new covenant erases the old laws, rituals, standards, and consequences for breaking the laws. Now, the problem with that is we would have to ignore the Messiah's own words describing his own actions if we wanted to believe that. Earlier in the podcast, we read Matthew chapter 26, verse 28, where Yeshua said the cup represented the blood of the renewed covenant, not a testament. We've read Yeshua's words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 20, many times. There he says, we should not even think that he came to destroy or invalidate the law. That means there is no less will or testament saying that Yeshua's death would invalidate the teaching of the Torah. I think all the bad doctrine we discussed is a testament to the need for clarity in this area. Well, that was a witty one, Mama. Thank you, Daddy. You know, we spent this podcast talking about the difference between a testament and a covenant. I feel this is an important topic because it supports the notion that we have two Bibles, an Old Testament and a New Testament. Now, we believe there's one Bible, Mm -hmm. one story of the Creator's work to restore His creation to the glory He intended. Just as the covenants Yehovah made work together to accomplish His will, the front and back halves of the Bible work together to give us light. Psalms 119 verses 104 to 105 say, From your precepts I gain understanding. This is why I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. So, what would you do if you discover the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and discount the front half of the Bible, believing that the back half tells you all you need to know? Or would you take the red pill and see the Bible as one cohesive story and plan for fixing the world? Only you can answer that question. I'm glad that we have covenants with the Most High Elohim, not testaments from Him. We get to enjoy the benefits of being in covenant, 
in this life and in the life to come. Amen. Jehovah is the eternal Elohim. He is not like a man who changes his mind. He keeps his word and is faithful over thousands of generations. Well, that's all we have time for today. Please read over the scriptures we discussed and prayerfully consider what we shared. Thanks for listening to Bread Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. truth.